Steve, if you could go back in time and create one thing, so it can't be something like an Alexa, it can't be something that you couldn't do right now, but you have one chance to go back in time, create it, and be loaded, what would it be? Honestly, um, I was thinking about, about this like all day because, one, fun fact, um, my grandma's cousin is one of the inventors of the ATM machine. Okay. Which is like kind of crazy. However, I don't have the technological ability to build an ATM machine. Um, I mean, I, I don't technically have this either. I mean, I, have the, I, I would have had the idea, but ha had I been 10 years older, Facebook. Yeah. Like, like the idea of social media was easily there. Mm -hmm. But like no one knew how to explore it. I think it'd be like that or like YouTube. Like to have the idea of taking video and posting it to the web or some sort of a, a, a wall or a board. Like that makes sense, right? Yeah. Do you know how Facebook, do you know how Facebook started? This fucking seaweed salad. I'm sorry. Um, how it started. Yeah. He was at, um, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank on his name. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. He was at um, Harvard and he had yeah. like a hot or not girls website. And that's what yeah, Facebook I, uh, started I, I, from. The the social network is one of my all time favorite films. Oh okay, yeah. So you know, Probably. you know the deal. I mean, yeah. which I think also, I think yeah, I think that definitely satisfies the question because, I mean, like you could definitely figure out how to code that at some point. Like if you had a if you had a week, you'd find someone to code it for you. That idea is what the money maker is, not the the coding behind it. Anyone anyone that has any type of yeah. coding skills could have done it. Um, I like but, it. I like, like that answer. But like, equally though, like. I would need to find someone that was as smart as Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, by that's the, the way, problem. By the way, Jesse Eisenberg was probably the best person to ever play him um, because, like, you can't find me an another actor who would have played the role of the dorky, creepy, weird kid as well as Jesse Eisenberg. When I watched him in the Snyder Cut of the um, Justice League and he was Lex Luthor, I was like, why is Mark Zuckerberg on my TV screen? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he it, is. Like, he is just Mark Zuckerberg now. It's crazy. That, that's when you know. Right, but I, I digress. What's yours? Mine. I, I said this earlier. I think mine is Amazon. Like I could definitely figure out how to list some things online, and I can't. It's mind blowing that it didn't exist before Amazon existed. Like it's it's so hard to rationalize now because it doesn't really seem like that hard or really that outlandish. Yeah. Of an idea either. Like it doesn't seem like it'd be that hard to create a website where I was selling things, especially at that point. The one thing uh, saddens me, and, and by the way, for everyone who, who's listening, I'm eating sushi right now, so bear with me. Um, <laughs> the one thing that upset me, though, about Amazon is that, and, and now you're from Syracuse, so I, uh -huh. I feel like Long Island and Syracuse aren't that much uh, like alike, but Toys R Us, that was one of the first companies to close down because of Amazon, because no one wanted to buy toys anymore in the store that could easily water online. Toys R Us is one of the places that like was was part of my childhood. There was one about like five minutes from my house. When I was a like three, um, I had like a really strange, strange obsession with uh, with Thomas trains. And uh, every week when I was like two and three years old, my mom would bring me to Toys R Us and I'd get a new fucking train. And it was amazing. And then when I was like nine, it closed down forever. And bro, even my brother who is 18 now, like never had that experience of, 
oh shoot, we get to go to Toys R Us, which is literally like Stop. the best thing. What's well, like the best thing ever? It's, yeah. it's it's honestly crazy to think about that. The Amazon just ruined that. There's no, yeah. oh, let's just jump online and get the toy now. There's no, let's go to the store and look around and there's nine million toys there. And, and like not for nothing, like like we're gonna we're gonna digress so far off of this. The idea <laughs> of like Toys R Us, right? Mm-hmm. You, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope to God you've seen uh, Toy Story two, right? Oh yeah. All right. So the scene when they're in Al's toy barn. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was five years old and I'm walking around Toys R Us, I was very small. I was only probably three foot tall or so. Walking around a Toys R Us, it felt like the walls were eighty thousand feet high, mm-hmm. and it felt like I was a toy in that scene in Al's toy barn when they're like riding around in the uh, in the Barbie Porsche. Which, by the way, is probably one of the top five best scenes uh, of like of animated cinema in the last. Well, at least over childhood, because that was that was what like two thousand like ninety eight something like that. Something crazy. Yeah. Freaks me out too. How we weren't even born when the first when the first Toy Story came out. It's crazy. That freaks me out. And you're dang, you're getting me so sad now. We're talking about Toys R Us. Toy Story came out 24 years ago. What a way oh, to start oh. the show. Hold on. Hold on. I have one even better for you. <laughs> for the last two weeks, my friends and I back home have been on the, 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 this kick of Madagascar. Mm-hmm. A great movie. I just found out two weeks ago that King Julian is played by Sacha Baron Cohen. No way. No one knows this, and it needs to be exploited. And no the scene, way. And the scene when, when the New York animals, when Marty and Alex and everyone get to the island, and they're all, like, hiding, scared of them, and King Julian just turns to them and goes, oh, they're harmless. Let's go meet the pansies. <laughs> and they all just fucking run out. And he's like, where are you, where are you giants from? And Alex, because also Ben Stiller was it was like Ben Stiller, Chris Rock, Jada Pickett Smith, and David Schwimmer for a film for your four. Yeah, it was unreal. Role. Amazing. It was unreal. Then Alex goes, Oh, we're from New York. And he's like, whoa, whoa. Then he goes, Oh the hell, the New York Giants. And <laughs> on top of the fact that this happened two weeks ago, and then yesterday or two days ago on Sunday. When the Giants beat the Vikings, the Giants fucking put on Twitter that video. That's crazy. And I was keeled over laughing in the car driving home. My girlfriend is like facepalming herself because she's like, oh, my God, you've been saying this shit all week. (laughs) It was like like the perfect storm. I'm surprised the Giants have never used that. Yeah. I've used that video before. I mean, it's a classic. Unless they just reuse it all the time, because that'd be well, unstoppable. I think the coolest part is is someone in their graphics in their graphics department needs a raise. They superimposed a giant's hat on King Julian. Oh, that's sick. That's sick. <laughs> but like when you hear it and you realize that it's Sacha Baron Cohen the entire time, it may it's crazy. It, it makes everything like ten times as good. Hold on, wait here. I think I think I think I may have it here. Oh my god. <laughs> That's about the same time Borat came out too, right? Was it? No, it, it, it ha- no, no, it had to have been a little like it was like oh, probably a little later. Yeah, probably a little. It was later. like oh seven, I think maybe. Oh, I didn't know it was that. 
That new. All hail the New York Giants! That's, That's incredible. So but like when you find out it's Tatsu Barako and it gets 10 times as good. Yeah, that's incredible. Like, bottom line. All right. Oh my God. All right. We're, cu- we're cutting this right to break. Oh my God. I'm like dying at the seams right now. Get in the Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome in to the Get in the Hole podcast brought to you by our friends over at the Philadelphia Apparel Company, PHI Apparel Co. They provide the unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of Philadelphia. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that you will stand out in the crowd. Listeners can go and use promo code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel when you shop at phiapparel.co. Again, P-H-I-Apparel, A-P-P-A-R-E-L, dot co. We have some sick hoodies on there. We're going to have um, the Get in the Hole Supreme slash Tiger Woods crossover, even though Tiger Woods it didn't pay us anything for this crossover, which he did. Um, but that'll be up on the site soon. Hats are coming in at some point soon. So go there, phipowercode.com, and check it out. Steve McAvoy, Jake Dippold here. Second episode with the Jakester, with Big Dip. And Jake, we've got a lot going on. We've got a draft. Coming up on the other side that, that you're not going to want to miss the first draft for a season-long fantasy golf. Never done fantasy golf. Um, they have it on PGATour.com. Never really like got into it because I I never had any, anyone to do it with. ESPN, for some reason, doesn't have a league. I'm surprised they, I'm surprised they don't. We're going to be doing that at the break on the other side, probably about a half hour from now. But we have to lead with probably the biggest news out of the live golf scene, possibly since their inception. After all this time from Facebook and YouTube for free streaming, they have finally struck a major TV deal with the CW. In New York, it's Channel 11. I don't know where it is anywhere else in the country. At least that, that's what Cablevision wants wants me to, to know it as, is, is, the, is the CW 11. But what a turnaround for Live Golf. Now, I think it's fascinating. I'm, I, I want the first jump, jump in here because... Um, already, I've said this multiple times prior to you joining us, Jake. Was that Live Golf does the production side of the P- does the production side of golf so much better than the PGA Tour? Might not have the announcers because obviously Jim Nance is going to trump over everybody, but the production value, the setup of the event, the scoreboard, how you see how you watch every single person, every single shot, for the most part where it isn't like ESPN where you're following just featured groups and featured holes. You actually get to see everyone from as low as Scott Vincent to as high as Dustin Johnson. The PGA Tour simply doesn't have that. It's a paywall for the most part. ESPN Plus coverages it. I remember I watched um, The Century at Kapalua, and I watched for the first two days, it was like the Jordan Spieth, Tom Kim feature group, and then like the John Rahm, Colin Morikawa feature group on Sunday. That was like all you had to watch. And it was like three or four featured holes, and then they 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 also stopped the broadcast after the, after the seventeenth hole, because apparently the, the the three to seven national TV network picks up the actual broadcast and can only view the ending. And now I don't have cable, so I can't even watch it. Or you have to pay pay Golf Pass on NBC, like eighty dollars. At least like Live Golf, it's free. And now we're gonna have something like what we thought was gonna happen with Sky Sports that we're gonna supposed to supposedly have. Um, 
a, a full on, you're going to get three hours of live golf every single week. Now, now we're probably going to get it with the CW. We'll probably get a block off and it's going to be absolutely amazing. What do you make of this? Yeah, you know, I'm not the biggest live guy as we have talked about, but I think this is an awesome move for live. I think them going to a network that isn't normally used for golf, I think sets them apart, which they want to do. Liv wants to be set apart like we talked about. I think it's a little odd, the CW. I think the demographic's a little weird for as just as to like what they play the rest of the day to acquire new golf viewers, I guess. And that's what they're trying to get. The, the Liv golf guys are never going to get those traditional um, fundamentalist golf viewers, as we might want to call them. But um, I think I think the other crazy thing that kind of threw me away when I read that article about it is that Liv is paying CW, which is a complete flip as to what usually happens with sports. And I think that's kind of whack, if you ask me. Um, but I, I just think it's I think it's awesome that they finally got some viewing. And I'd love to see a little bit of competition between the two tours. I think the PGA PGA always comes out on top, but a little competition never hurt nobody. I, I think it's really funny because like. Live Golf came out, I mean, well, at least the the Saudi Public Investment Fund came out and said, we know that Live will be profitable. So, again, this is literally a matter of we don't care where the money really like goes because the profitability mm-hmm. isn't going to be there. Might as well just throw everything out. Now, the, the Saudi Investment Fund, I saw a really good article from um, Andrew Petcash. Now, obviously, I, in my spare time, I write NIL news. Um, Andrew Petcash writes a lot of really great stuff. He also does a lot of um, pro sports, and he actually wrote something about how we're not talking enough about, about the Saudi investment fund and what they're buying in. They're creating a soccer super league. They are the ones behind paying Cristiano Ronaldo $300 million to go play in Saudi Arabia and not touch t- touch the MLS soil. They're behind a alleged football league. They're trying to create a basketball league. Like They're trying to create all these different things. that They're now bidding for the Olympics. They're going to bid for a future World Cup. They're trying for all these different things, and they have so much money. If you haven't noticed, Rafa mm-hmm. last 30 years. Abu Dhabi was built in five years. Like the UAE ha- has been a country for 25 years, and it's like and it's home to the largest building in the world, the largest uh, investment fund in the world, and some of the richest, richest cars, businessmen, and anybody alive. Uh, and yet, women still can't do anything. It's like it's amazing how this this brand, this company, whatever you want to call it has developed this, and yeah, you're right. They're not going to make any money, but now they have somewhere that, 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 that they can air and try and fight now more of this PGA Tour action. I also found this really interesting, a article from Screen Rant in... They actually ran it ran this past August. Surprisingly, the, the network, so CW, is currently the lowest-rated broadcast network Attributed to the fact that their network's young adult programming is targeted to the 18 to 34 demographic, even though the average CW broadcaster is actually 58 years old. So really, when you think about it, yeah. So when you think about it, you're getting the middle-aged American, which already likes golf. The 18 to 34-year-olds who watch the CW for like Riverdale when when it was out back then. And you're getting all of these, you're getting a pretty strong demographic group for a, for, for an, Unforcoming network. Also, when you look at the networks that were available, like I think ABC owns what they own True TV, they own TNT, yeah. they, um, TBS is, is under the, is under their own with Turner. Um, 
I think ABC owns like USA, A and E, like all of these different like all these channels are all owned by the same three companies. So really, when you think about it, you don't really have much wiggle room. And I believe I don't know if they were if they were ever approached by Fox, but they would have been the only other group that would have been interested because the PJ Tour runs through CBS, ESPN, and NBC, which basically leaves Fox as as the only big four. I don't think Rupert Murdoch would ever uh, dip that low to to bring Live under their wing. But regardless, a incredible move for a network that, outside of what Riverdale and I think like I think they think they had like the Flash, they had like Gotham yeah. for a little bit. I think like their, their their latest successful show on the CW was like um oh what was it um was it the Wire? No, that was TNT. Right? No, Wire was TNT. I think it might have been The Flash. The Flash is probably their biggest show. Oh, maybe Riverdale. But was Burn Notice on TNT? I don't know. I don't even know what Burn Notice is. <laughs> how, about, how, how about Las Vegas? That was Josh Dumal. But Josh Dumal doesn't even like Las Vegas. Which is funny because Josh Dumal is the star of Las Vegas. But regardless, um <laughs> I digress. Uh but yeah, no, just huge move from uh from Little Golf. I'm not gonna exhaust and, and beat the uh the dead horse on this but actually speaking speaking more about live um mito Pereira is now allegedly going to the live tour joining up with his uh, fellow chilean walking even do, do we really care no no i don't think i don't think the pga cares at all either i i wrote a blog about it the other day i compared um mito absolutely bombing on the 18th hole of the pga tour to then now switching to live golf as if a MLB pitcher was in the World Series, had a no-hitter going through eight innings, came back out, got shelled in the ninth, and then decided to go play for the Savannah Bananas for an extra $30 million the following year and just left the MLB, which may be a little aggressive, but, I mean, I think it works. That sounds an awful like Matt Harvey after uh, the 2015 World yeah, Series. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Like, he just – he was at the top of the world in golf, was playing for a tournament that actually mattered, and now he's the the forty fourth golfer in the world. Like PGA could literally care less if they lose Mito. Like, like honestly. Like, also, not not to mention like a top fifty golfer in the world for a hot bit. Well, he has he has a ton of. I don't think he won a PGA Tour event. No, he no he never did. So no, his claim cares? to fame is absolutely duck hooking that drive on eighteen to just fall apart on Sunday. And to finish third to uh, to Justin Thomas. Also, yeah, didn't even come in Thomas second. Was, uh, what's that? They said he didn't even come in second. He didn't make the playoff. The, yeah, the, no, no, he finished T three, which is ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely he insane. Finished, oh, hold on, I, I I gotta find the scorecard now and see uh, who he finished with. Because like, like like that's that's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> so he's. That final round, 75, and four of those strokes came from the final <laughs> hole. What an embarrassment. He finished a What's stroke the off to tie with Cameron Young, and then, of course, uh, JT and Zalatoris for the playoff. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was Zalatoris. Couldn't remember. Yeah, I mean, Justin, that was just abysmal. Justin Thomas, actually, there's a video that he posted. He was in the um, the joggers again, which I think are, mm-hmm. are actually a pretty good style choice. I, I, I don't know what your opinion is on the traditionality oh, of golf. I love it. All right, because like like no one likes the jogger, but I think it's a really good look. And he, I think he was playing at um at Michael Jordan's golf course, which is apparently fucking amazing. Oh, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard it's unreal. 
I've heard some, some really good things. Speaking of amazing, Siwoo Kim. Um, the headlines, pro- the headline I wrote here that is kind of embarrassing. Kim woos on Sunday. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I, there's a reason why why ESPN didn't hire me as a uh, as a PA. So, <laughs> Siwoo Kim, Sony Open, down two strokes, comes in, beats out Hayden Buckley, gets the win at the Sony Open for the second one of the year. I want to point out my beer money plays last week were absolutely abysmal. The one Asian player I didn't pick managed to win the event. Um, Thankfully, though, I avoided complete embarrassment and only having two of them missed the cut, Tom Kim and uh, and Sanjay M. So we got lucky on that end, but I am guaranteed and destined to bounce back and you'll get my my beer money picks at the end of the episode today. So don't go anywhere for that one. Um, but yeah, Siwoo Kim sw- swoops in, beats out Hayden Buckley. Chris Kirk, a really great story, finishes T3. Um, I, I, I didn't know Chris Kirk like battled like alcoholism and like had like a I don't know, yeah, like severe personal problems before uh making his way back to the PGA Tour like years ago. He's been doing this forever, uh, and he finished T3. But uh, the, the story here, I think, is less Siwoo Kim and more Jordan Spieth. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, absolutely, absolutely yeah. horrific. I watched that. I watched that bogey stretch live and I was just like, he's going to play himself literally off the weekend. He, he, he was on fire on um, Thursday and then I'm sitting there Saturday and I was like, okay, speed's going to make the cut or he, he should be top 10 going into whatever. And then I just watch him bogey, 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 bogey. And his putter just absolutely fell apart. And I think I remember correctly. He had a bunker. He had a bunker shot off the wall, right back into the bunker. And I knew we were just, just absolutely losing it at that point. Yeah. The, um, the, the best tweet of the week was, um, was Kyle Porter tweeted out or I think it was Kira Dixon. Actually, it was the, the flop shot of Kapalua and then that mm-hmm. bunker shot with just the caption perspective. It's so speed dude. That's so on brand. For Jordan Spieth. He does these unreal things on both sides of the spectrum. It's crazy that he can hit that flop shot and, and roll that ball to whatever. And then we have him in a, in a normal bunker shot and he dick slaps the ball against the wall. Like, I don't understand how how that happens. It, it truly blows my mind that golf is that hard to where one of the best golfers in the world can go from doing things that are amazing to doing things that look like I can go. I can go on and, and slap ball against the bunker. No doubt. Let me do that all day. But I just, I just don't understand how golf can be that hard every single time. I mean, I thought the worst part was people on Twitter that were like, "Oh, I could have done that." I'm like, "No, you couldn't have." No, <laughs> like, like no. he 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 was 15 feet back in the bunker. He had to get it over a over a 10 foot mound. You were no. never gonna get that. What the hell yeah, out like of it here? was a hard, it was a hard shot, but that's a shot that Jordan Spieth, when he's playing well, hits that thing to seven, eight, nine feet. Yeah, you know, but 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 like equally though. I think the one thing now that, that people don't realize is, and I always use Tony Finau for, for years as the prime example here, the parody in golf is so big, right? Like, just, just simply look at the leaderboard this past week at the Sony Open, right? I'll, I'll pull it up right now. Uh, I, With complete confidence, I don't think a single player within the top 25, with the exception of Corey Connors and maybe... JJ Spawn is a top 50 golfer in the world. Meanwhile, yeah. Hideki Matsuyama barely made the cut. Um, Tom Kim, who we've been high on for, for months, didn't didn't make the cut. Uh, yeah, but Matsuyama finished 700. He finished T48. 
Uh, other guys that are top, for the most part, top of the PGA, um, Harris English, who had, who had a tremendous fall off after three years ago, being a almost runner-up for a short time at the Tour Championship, had a leg injury and now has has basically not, not come back. He finished barely over the cut line. Uh, he finished third to last. Like, like so many guys just actually fell off this week, including Spieth, including let's, let's see who else is somewhere else, somewhere in this list. Tom Kim, like I said, Billy Horschel missed the cut. Cam, uh, that's Carson Young, not Cameron Young. Keegan Bradley missed the cut. Like these are like top these are, these are top thirty golfers in the world. It's crazy. Like guys who 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 you would think week in and week out should be able to to at the very least make a cut. But you know what? This that's the reality of things. Tony Finau won the Puerto Rico Open in 2016. Didn't win an event for six years. Like yeah. that, it, it, that's just how it is. John Rahm, prior to winning the the century, had one win in three years. It happened to be the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, but mm-hmm. still, it's one win. Like j- just because Patrick Cantlay puts up four or five wins in a year, or Scotty Scheffler has, has his magic three month run, Scotty Scheffler even five five wins in a three month period ha- hasn't won since. No, yeah. So like, like I think that's golf. So you, so I think it's like yeah. And as someone like Jordan Spieth, it's it's the same story and song and dance with Ricky Fowler, just kind of fallen off, hasn't found his way back. Rory McIlroy for three years was lost, had three different swing coaches. Now he's back. At some point, Jordan Spieth's going to figure it out. But it, it, mm-hmm. right now, it's the cat and mouse game until he can kind of get everything patented down. And again, he's still figuring out the kinks. He takes thirty seconds in his cadence to swing the golf club. That's just what he has to do. So just give him time. That's all it is. He's right here. This is him right here. For people that are watching on YouTube, you can see me. It's here. He sits there for a second, and he does that six times, and then we finally see Jordan Spieth swing the club. Um, yeah, I think I think you're so spot on with all that. It's just so hard to win a golf win a golf tournament. It's it's just it just shows even even when you're hot, like Scotty Scheffler at the end of his three month run was still hot, but he just can't yeah. win the tournament. Going from even seven to one is a miraculous jump. It's so much different on the weekend, who's playing well and who's not. You can just tell who that guy that has a shot that weekend. And some of it comes down to luck. Some of it comes down to just getting hot at the right moment. But yeah, just winning a golf tournament is so, so hard. And before we move on from the sunny open, I want to shout out our guy, Andrew Novak, who we were talking about, a little T12, bringing in a cold $139,000 for a good little T12 action. Be on the lookout. We could be getting him soon. Uh, that's our guy. From now on, that is the getting the whole guy, Andrew Novak. Tom Kim and Andrew Novak. W- w- what are the odds that we can get Andrew Novak in a uh, in a get the whole like hat or like a patch on his polo? I don't know about that, but uh, I mean, if we he got it, he brought in one hundred forty thousand. He doesn't need big time money for ads, right? We can just what are the sponsors? Do it. You know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. He straight up wears Adidas and Strix on. He has nothing on, on his arms. You might get an arm pass. That's it. We can get lucky That's it. here. If he comes on, if he comes on and we vibe, it's all about the vibe. Once he feels the vibe, he's gonna want the patch. He's gonna be reaching out for it. Uh, dude, honestly, I would be so open for an Andrew Novak underground sports literally patch. That'd be so Ooh. sick. Where's Novak from? Where is Andrew? I think he's from? a South Carolina. He's so, somewhere in like Southeast. South Carolinian, is it? Is the term? Yeah, it's is, gotta is, be. Is it, that's the uh, terminology, I think, right? Oh yeah, South Carolinian. Is that where he's from? Uh, I don't know, but for some reason, Andrew Novak appears on in the. Oh, this is not Andrew Novak. <laughs> no, I. 
you look up Andrew Novak, and one of the first things things that come up is the he was a a feature artist on Phineas and Ferb. Really. Not That's not funny. the golfer Andrew Novak. No, no, no. Just some not, random dude not named Andrew our Novak. Andrew Novak. Who, just some random Andrew Novak from Dallas, Texas, who was apparently a songwriter and helped write like four songs from Phineas and Ferb. That's crazy. was also involved. Also did, worked sound design for Overwatch Two, The Witcher Three, Destiny Two. Wow, wow, the the rabbit hole that you could find yourself on the internet on That's Phineas crazy. and Ferb wiki. Ridiculous. Yeah. All right, anyway. That's awesome. For and for people who don't know, the connection to Andrew Novak is we went to the same undergrad school. He graduated probably five years above me, but small school, the connection, we ride for our guy, no doubt. Oh, also, we're getting some more news here. Uh KB just sent us a an article. My boy Justin Byers, who's who's an incredible reporter uh, for front office sports. So um Pop Stroke, which is Tiger Woods's mini golf club, which is a amazing. I've played there once uh, down in in Fort Myers. Um, TaylorMade has just made a investment in PopStroke, and now if you go play there, the company will provide premium rental putters and golf balls. No way! So, so you can go play PopStroke, putting with TaylorMade spiders and and TV fives. That's awesome. The company the the deal pushes Popstro's value to six hundred fifty million, according to the uh, the PB the, the Palm Beach Post. They currently have locations in Sarasota, Orlando, Fort Myers, Port St. Lucie, and Houston, and they'll be adding spots in Tampa, Glendale, Scottsdale, and Delray Beach. Crazy, absolutely That's crazy, wild, Absol- absolutely nuts. The twenty twenty three Players Council was announced. Adam Scott joined the desk. Not a lot of real news here, um, just that a lot of people said that the Players' Council was a quote-unquote huge waste of time when they've had it in the past. However, I think this is a an interesting time for the Players' Council because in, well, last year, they kind of got sprung live on them randomly. It was a, we all knew it was coming, but it didn't actually launch until late February. Now there's actually a Player Council that's there, that's for Everybody against Live Golf. Adam Scott was actually one of the guys that was that was listed as a possible Live. Um, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, not not a uh, suitor. Oh God, suitor maybe. No, uh, no. What's the word they called uh, Benedict Arnold? Oh, traitor. A tra- no, uh, a traitor. Traitor. A, a, a treasonist uh, or a tree? Yeah, ah, tre- treason's the word. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Treason. Whatever it was, uh, a um, I, I I don't even know. I'm making a fool of myself right now. <laughs> um, but Adam Scott was allegedly one of the guys who was gonna, who was going to go to live is now fully in on the PGA Tour. He's uh, going to be now on the Players Council. What do we think in terms of the actual like, council itself? Is there really going to be any headway made? Um, because at the end of the day, Rory McIlroy isn't isn't a part of it. However, he still has a huge role in the PGA Tour. Tiger Woods isn't a part of it. Yeah, he's the head of the PGA Tour at this point, basically. Does this players' council really even mean anything? Do we have any idea as to the criteria that it takes to get on this? Like, who's picking it? Is the is the tour picking it, or are the players picking? Uh, let's look each other. Because now, because now I'm curious. Um, player advisory council. Council. All right. So to give you actually, 
I'm very wrong. Roy McElroy is a part of it. So to give you an idea, the directors are James Hahn, Charlie Hoffman, Kevin Kisner, and Roy McElroy. It's a very diverse and odd group of people. Um, members of the committee now include Peter Malnati and Webb Simpson are, are the co-chairmen, followed by Patrick Cantlay, what was Paul Casey, and now Adam Scott takes his spot, Austin Cook, Joel Damon, Harry Higgs, Billy Horschel, Russell Knox, Justin Lower, Mav McNeely, Trey Mullinax, John Rahm, and Will Zalatoris. Now, what's fascinating is, and I believe there's going to be other guys added too, because in last year's group included Paul Casey, Bruce Kepka, and Graham McDowell. So I'm sure they will get um, excommunicated and uh, and re-input. But Adam Scott will join the group there. I mean, obviously, when you look at it initially, Billy Horschel, Patrick Cantlay, John Rahm, and Will Zalatoris is still kind of young. Um, but I would say them and, of course, Rory and Kevin Kisner kind of um, are the big names when it comes to the guys that are anti-live. Um, again, Kisner was, was also a guy that was rumored uh, to be going, but never actually mm-hmm. did. But in terms of the the criteria, I'm going to assume they're elected by the um, by the players, considering it is specifically the player advisory council. The council don't think it's has any involvement with the actual tour itself. Um, but what do you make of it? Yeah, I, I, I was kind of doing a little bit of research earlier, looking around. There's not a ton of new news about this new council, but I saw the last thing they did was ban um, green reading books coming into this year, and the Century was the first tournament that they weren't allowed at. And my initial thought was the only reason they did that was for Bryson, because Bryson would take 9,000 years on a green, and now he's gone. So did they really even care if that got enacted, or was it just already so much in the works they had to do it? Um I was, I did definitely notice that they weren't taking as long on the greens, these first two tournaments. Um, and it, and it got enacted January one. So, I mean, I like the change. I, I like what they're doing. Obviously the players wanted to get rid of them, or at least the majority of the players did. So they're doing their job. I could see it being super important here coming up for this council with, especially with this new live TV deal lives, got to make a push here. They got to start trying to push into that mainstream outlet. So there's going to be a ton of stuff flaring. If they, if they get a little push, they're going to lose more guys. The PGA is bound to lose more guys. And, and just to have this strong core group to kind of hold together, the core players in the PGA is going to be so important. Oh, all right, hold on. We now we, we have news here. Okay, so there's the new board was actually announced yesterday. I read you the wrong board. Ryan Armour, Sam Burns, Corey Connors, Ricky Fowler, Bryce Garnett, Brian Harmon, Max Homa, Mackenzie Hughes, Shane Lowry, Mav McNeely, Keith Mitchell, Henrik Norlander, Scotty Scheffler, Adam Scott, Kevin Strillman, and Will Zalatoris. Um, Adam Scott, McNeely, and Strillman have been selected to run as PAC chairman via election. Uh, the leading vote getter will replace Charlie Hoffman and serve a three year term. Also, among the directors of the group is Peter Malnati, Roy McElroy. Webb Simpson and Patrick Cantlay was serving a one-year term. So that's your mm. that's your board. You're right, though. It, it's a – I think there there will be things that are going to make sense here. How they handle necessarily the live situation, if they even are involved in that, is a different story. I don't think there will be a lot of that. I think it's going to really just, just be a matter of um, supporting the players. And honestly, mm-hmm. I don't know why they'd ban green reading books. I think that they make sense. 
they're helpful. Yeah. Um, just because your round takes an extra ten minutes, give me a break. Yeah. That's honest. I'm with you. That's that's like the least of my uh, least of my concerns. Also, I I'm, I'm not I, I don't know if you know this, but um, I used to be a I mean I still kind of am a big Bryson stand. Really? Um. Yeah. Hold on. Wait. I I actually have. Where is it? Where are you? Where are you? Uh, I am inside. not. I am not a Bryson stand for the listeners. I I loved Bryson DeChambeau. Um, I have uh the Puma hat, like the really? uh, platform hat. Um, like I don't the, wear like, it driver's often. cap, like you're like you're yeah. driving a taxi. Yes, I I have one of those. Um, I like Bryson. When he left for live, I lost him respect, but I still do like him, just because I kind of like. I'm a bigger guy, so like my game is, is not, not like modeled after him, but uh, it's similar in the sense that like I'm really all, all about massive drives. It's kind of just like my thing. Um, so I just don't. I don't think I can ever get over that rope incident. Yeah, just, that's it'll that was like the like that 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 was the moment that I was like, you gotta like get over yourself. That was really bad. Yeah, that was no good. The American Express this week. We're gonna go back. Over from Hawaii back to California. And we're going to finally start the American, well, not the American, the continental United States leg of the PGA Tour calendar. We're going to have a few, few events here in California. We're going to go to Scottsdale for the waste management and for something else that I'm drawing a blank on. Go back to California, go over to Florida, go over to Texas. But we all start here in California at the American Express. Quick look ahead. We're going to break down basically everything in our betting um, talks, including our, our draft. But I want to get your initial thoughts here on, on the week this week. Biggest biggest, and actually strongest strength of field ever in, in the history of the event. And last year it was loaded. We have nine, nine of the top 20 golfers in the world this week teeing it up at the American Express at La Quinta. What do you make of this event? What do we think? Uh, early thoughts. Yeah, so we got another really big-time scoring course, another par five. Scoring course. I think the PGA does this on purpose in the beginning of the year. They want to see banger scores. They want to be able to throw up these crazy scorecards at Instagram. So we got another one of those. Some other notes I got are eight of the past nine winners in the American Express had played at least had played this event at least once before getting their win. So I think playing this, seeing these courses before the first time is kind of big. Um, so I think that takes our guy Tom Kim out again. I don't think he's played this these courses before, which it's sad another week that I can't go crazy for Tommy. But um, the other one is that 11 of the past 12 winners have played one of the two Hawaii events in January. So, I mean, it's it's evident that playing early helps you at this course. And so in our bets, I, I kind of focus on guys that had either played this course before and played it well or at least played those first two Hawaii tournaments. And there's a strong field here. It's There's a lot of guys picked from. The odds are awesome. There's a lot of value odds I saw. Um, the only other thing I'll add is I think this three course thing is kind of dumb. I, I don't like it at all. I think the conditions changing could be a huge effect on guys. And I think the odds are all messed up because of it, just yeah. because with the way the courses are played, they could play completely differently. But other than that, I, I, I feel like I'm being very negative right now to the situation, but I'm super excited. I'm ready to give you my picks. I got, I think I got some good ones. I did lock in my gimme pick for the first time. Corey Connors top 20 was my gimme. So I'll take that all day. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how I'm feeling about it. I've got, I, I, 
after a really bad week, it, this is one of those like like get right weeks. Um, I am so confident <laughs> in my picks, and I'm actually gonna go against you. I love the three course system because oh, I hate it. because solely on my prop bets, and you'll see exactly what I mean on the other side. Fascinating thing though, you bring up Tom Kim. This is this is this is gonna be my, my one point going into here. So obviously, the, there's three courses: the PGA West Stadium course, the Nicholas course, and and looking at the Country Club now. Um, obviously, the PGA West is one golf course. Like, there's a different one. So they're off-site. They're different areas. They're about 10 minutes apart. So hotels are going to be an important part. I have found out where some guys are staying. And I believe the hotel will, in fact, matter. And fun thing, the fun fact about, about, about Tom Kim, one of the best articles that I read every single week, uh, the Action Network's Matt Vincenzi puts out a stat analysis, essentially, of, of every single event. Um, and the players that are a part of it. He talks about like keys to winning, five metrics that, that matter the most. Tom Kim, Tom Kim in his last 24 rounds is top five in all of them. He's number one in strokes gained approach. He's gained 27.3 strokes over his past 24 rounds. He's number one there. He's number four in opportunities gained in his last 24 rounds, gaining 24 and a half strokes. Uh, Approach shots, proximity, 150 to 175 from the hole. He's number two, gaining 15 strokes. Uh, strokes gained ball striking. He's, he's second at 32.9 strokes. And when playing on Pete Dye golf courses, he's played it uh, three or four times. He's sixth uh, on Pete Dye courses. So the model is kind of pointing towards Tom Kim. Uh, but I agree with you. I can't necessarily um, touch him unless – did I put him in my picks for some uh, – some reason I very well might have, and I, I, I want to double check and make sure that I did or didn't before I put my head in the sand. I did not. I still love, I still love Tommy too. I, I can't. I, it just feels like another good Tommy Kim golf course. It's another one of those Kevin Kisner scoring golf courses. He he, I don't know what he did last week. There's not even a word to describe it. But I think he comes back strong this week, and and I, I still would think he's a great value pick, depending on what his odds are. I don't know what his odds are to win. But um, I think he's still a great value pick. I I had Tom Kim top 20 uh, this week. He still might make the betting card. He, he isn't on my beer money picks. So I'll, I'll tell you that right now. But mm-hmm. um, very well could make an appearance on the uh, the bet card. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back here, here on the Gun the Whole podcast. Draft day. We're going to break down our season-long race for the FedEx Cup right here. We're two weeks late. But then again, who the fuck cares? The Get in the Hole podcast is brought to you by our fantastic merch partners, PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Co. provides designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the world of golf. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt you'll stand out in the crowd rocking your Get in the Hole podcast official and first edition merch. This is the first time in show history that the Get in the Hole podcast has had merch so you don't want to miss out. Our listeners can use promo code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co, code UNDERGROUND, for 10% off any apparel. Rock that Get In The Whole Podcast merch out in the wild. Send it to us. Tweet at us at Get In The Whole Pod when you're rocking your merch. Big thank you to PHI Apparel Company for being the best merch on the planet. Now, Back to the show. 
Welcome back to the Get in the Hole podcast. This episode is sponsored by Ties Baseball Tees. Ties Baseball Tees is the online t-shirt shop that is all baseball. With over 30 original designs from straight out of the bullpen to strikeouts are fascist. Ties Baseball Tees is the place for top quality baseball merch for the baseball enthusiast. Get your tee now at TiesBaseballTees.com. Get 10% off your purchase with discount code PITCH10. And don't forget to follow them on Instagram at Ties Baseball Tees. In addition, this episode is also sponsored by Walk Off Wood Custom Wood Bats. Walk Off Wood is a one-stop shop for all your wood bat needs. Adult, youth, fungos, you name it, and they've got it. Jump online to WowBats, that's W-O-W-Bats.com, and start customizing one of these bad boys like this right here today. My guy, Steve. It is draft day on the Get in the Hole podcast. You know, real fast, I want to give appreciation to the fact that we can input baseball into this podcast to a degree. Of course, uh, for those of you tuning in for the first time, Jake, the uh, the founder of the Pitches and Chips uh, account on TikTok, what is it, over, over 17,000 followers strong? And yeah, we're, a, we're, getting, we're getting closer to 18 right now. I love so it. Mix, mix of baseball, mix of golf. My my, I played baseball in college, but obviously once baseball's over and I'm a washed up pitcher, I got to do something, and that's golf. So we hit them both. And honestly, at some point, I'm looking forward to the uh, to the get in the hole versus good good crossover, and we're gonna kick their asses. I'm oh yeah, quite confident in that. I was putting yesterday. I was playing golf. It was uh, 32 degrees in Long Beach. Um, the wind was terrible. I was I drove I drove I drove, I drove the par four though, which is awesome. All right. There's like a 290-yard par four in, into the uh, not into the wind against the wind, and usually I hit my I, I hit my driver about like 280, um, but it always slices. This is a, a a nuke, um, one of three putting over par. So I'd say uh, talk about like the the I hate myself m- moment that was like actually terrible. Jakey, draft day, Johnny Manziel. That's a, that's a really bad. It's a really bad. Bad uh, Drake re- Drake reference, and I'm just gonna cut that whole thing out, and I'm just going to replace it with Draft Day. Um, it's like Matthew <laughs> Berry on the uh, the ESPN app. It's like it's the best day of the year, Draft Day. All right, to give you guys an idea of our season long race here, I've we've constructed a rules list. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna draft ten golfers. We have a tiers list based on the official World Golf rankings. We're gonna take two guys in tier number one, which consists of the top ten players in the world. Two picks from from numbers eleven through twenty five, three picks from numbers twenty six to fifty, two picks from number fifty one to seventy five, and then six seventy six onwards. We're gonna get one pick. Additionally, every single week at the end of the show, we're gonna give you a wild card selection. Here's the key, though: just like the fourteen club challenges you watch online, once one player is used, he's out for the year. So we got to choose our guys very carefully throughout the year. Of course, we're not gonna be taking like the 180th ranked golfer in the world, unless, of course, he it's uh, it makes sense there. However, um, I think the wild card is going to be a incredible factor here because it's going to really give us some some added leverage. And there's going to be weeks where, for all we know, neither one of us might not, either one of us might not draft like Rory McIlroy, right? And at some we at some point we're going to be like, yo, it's the week of Rory. Um, we don't know anybody's picks yet. To give you an idea of the rules before we get in get into the actual drafting itself. Uh, 
pretty standard um, across what I've seen for most uh, fantasy golf leagues. Birdies plus one, Eagles plus two, uh, Ace plus four, Albatross plus five. The Albatross is actually statistically harder to make than an Ace, so I think the the added point there kind of works. Of course, negative points for a bogey and down the line, so negative one for a bogey and then on onwards. Top 20 is, is, is one point, 15 is two, 10 is three, five is four, and a win is five points. If you go back-to-back in an event, it's plus 10. I think those are pretty much all the rules. I don't think we need anything else too, uh, too crazy, but if there's anything else you want to add before you get drafting, I'll kind of give you the floor on that one. Yeah, I think you hit the rules great. I'm ready to go, ready to dominate you. Do we have a bet? Do we have what, what happens to the loser at the end of the year? Um, No, I think we should uh, determine this, though, and, and maybe announce it next week. I like it, yeah. Tune in next week. All right, so, so next week we'll get you a uh, a punishment to the loser. Part of me is thinking the Waffle House Challenge just because it's funny as fuck and I've never done it before. Um. I like I like that you have to um you have to create a TikTok account and do TikTok dances until you reach one thousand followers. I saw one and it was uh, you do thirty days of TikTok trends. I like so that too. I think that's funny. every day is a th- every day is a TikTok. I We're have no idea that. how to how to make TikTok. I don't own TikTok, um, so it would be horrible if I if I lose that. There's I think we just do it. I think we do it on the get in the whole TikTok too and try to blow that TikTok up and just dance like idiots and see if we get some stupid following because of it. How about the loser registers and takes the SAT? If you don't get, if you do worse than a 1,000, you have to retake it. All right, let's, let's decide. We'll decide. We'll bring it back next week. Tune in next week for the we'll figure it out. All right, tier number one, draft day. I guess we should probably like flip a coin to determine who gets the... Uh, the draft position, actually, this is I perfect. Like Beth Page Black, poker chip. This will be heads. The black course will be tails. I will let you call it on the fly. Heads. It is heads. So, Jake, you get the first overall pick. The way we'll do this is we'll do it snake style. So you get the first pick, then I get two picks, then it's you for two picks, then me for two picks. So we'll go back and forth in that regard. And with that being said, the 101 is. I think this might surprise a couple people, but he just is consistently at the top, and that is Patrick Cantlay for number one. Patrick really, for the first overall pick? First overall pick. I I know he may not be as flashy as some of these other guys or as showy or whatever, but our creative player, Patrick Cantlay, who's out looking for sponsors, if anyone's wondering, just is always in the top 10, always in the top five, always getting random wins. I think I think he is a spectacular fantasy golf pick. All right. So my first pick is I wouldn't call it like an out there pick by any means. I think it's a um a pretty valuable play. And I think this year, this year is gonna be the year he really comes back and he dominates. Ironically, I'm I, it's funny you pick uh Patrick Cantley. I'm going with John Rom. Um wow. I, I said this on the last show, like John Rom, prior to the to coming into January, didn't place any worse than 13th. He's had top fives in five straight events. He dominated in Europe. I I think this is going to be the year he finally gets back gets back on pace and wins the FedEx Cup. So I'm going with John Rom for my first pick. My second pick, top ten golfers. Um, 
Yeah. All right. So it's so hard because like there's so many reasons to take, to take someone like a Rory or a Scotty or Xander, Will, JT, but based on what I saw at Kapalua and I get it resort style golf course, he kind of had a meltdown on Sunday, but he said the one thing that he struggled with all of last year was the putter. And now he's kind of figured it out. I think he's going to do it, do even better. Colin Morikawa is going to be who I take. Uh, the resume honestly speaks for itself. He's just so good of a player in general. I think this is going to be the uh, the year he gets it done. I love it. I love the Morikawa pick. I think if you don't go Morikawa there, I definitely go Morikawa next. But I think the one guy that we're just jumping over who is consistently great every single year is Justin Thomas. And Justin Thomas yeah. is my next top 10 pick to round out the top 10 tier one golfers. I think he is just so consistent, so PGA. There's no risk of losing him to live. I think that's something that we have to keep in mind a little bit True. as well, especially for these lower tier guys. Because if you lose them, I think we say they're gone for good. You don't get to replace them. That's your big. Okay. That's a rule. Um, All right, deal. I, I think Justin Thomas is just so consistent and so good. He's he's a lock in that top pick. I, I dig it. Who are you going with for your first pick in tier two? Are we even? Is this even a question? I, 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 I'm just gonna write his name down. Okay, we're, we're in. We're Our in. guy, T O M K I M, Tom Kim, doesn't even you, need a description explanation. Tom Kim, can you spell his birth name? I don't even know how to say it. And I posted a TikTok about it the other day, and I was like, whoa, I don't even know what he's saying right now. Can you, can it, you say uh, it? Is it Jun- it's like Jun- Hong. Yeah, Jun- I, didn't, I didn't know it was something like that. I don't, I don't, I, I don't speak Korean, but I, uh, I can, I, I, I think I, I can get around there. All right. Um, this is tough. So the entire week I've been like mulling over Max Homa, Cameron Young, and Sam Burns. Mm-hmm. My first pick, because I have two, I'm going to get out of the way. I'm picking Tony Finau. Um, Damn. You it, just, I literally was – I thought I was getting Tony Finau when you said that. No. Damn. No, you're not. Uh, I'm getting the first pick out of the way because you took Tom Cam and I was going to take him too. Um, so I'll take Finau. Uh, again, just a monster on the course. Tony Finau has been – from the jump, one of my favorite golfers since since getting into golf five years ago. Um, for, for for a long time, it was JT, it was Bryson, and it was Tony Finau. And it's now growing a little bit more fonder towards a column now. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, Finau's the guy. In terms of the other guy that, that, that I take, I don't know where the value is with, like, these wild cards. Because, like, this is the, this is the area where, where you're going to see a lot of them. Um, like, very well in a week span, let's just say. You could have Hideki, Brian Harmon, Tommy Fleetwood, Seb Straka, Keegan Bradley, uh, Sanjay M as a wild card. Oh, and I, I want to see how he's done, how, how, how he played last year, because this is really going to be kind of the, the determinator for where I take him. Uh, I'm really on the fence right now with Cameron Young, the native New Yorker. Uh, this year, finished 13th at the Century, 23rd at the CJ. I'm gonna play it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Cameron Young. I think um, he he had he had what like four or five runner ups last year, something like absolutely like, like ludicrous. 
So I think uh, it makes sense to take someone who's as consistent here, and I could really get anybody else for a wild card any any given week. Mm-hmm. I love those picks. I think now it, it really comes down to for me either Max Homa or Tommy Fleetwood. Um, really, I love, Tommy, I love Tommy Fleetwood. I think he is the man. I think he can only keep getting better. I think he's getting better every single year, and I think. He's already kind of broken into the scene a little bit, but I think he has a big breakthrough coming. But I, I just can't not pick Max Homa. I think he Damn is it. about to shoot to the moon when it comes to golf. He is a PGA guy till he dies. Um, I, I just think he has another big jump that he's going to take, and I, and I really think it's going to happen this year. Stole my pick right there. I'm a- I love I love Max Homa. I'm now mighty upset. All right, we're, so give everyone a, a recap here. Cantlay, JT, Tom, Kim, and Max Homer for you. Rom, Morikawa, Finau, and Young for me. These are stacked teams all, Yeah, they're already. stacked. But, There's only but two now, guys picking. It makes this team stacked. But now, though, this is kind of where it gets interesting because now you're at the middle part. You're starting mm-hmm. to, like, we're at, we're at the point where some people, the casual golf fan, will have no idea who some of these guys are. Um, so I'm very interested in seeing who you take here in tier three. We have three picks here for the number 26 golfer in the world to the number 50 golfer in the world. And question for you, are we counting Mito as gone? Yes. Mito has gone. Um, so, so it, moves, means, it moves up one spot. Yeah. So, so JJ spawn will move up a spot and Mito will fall out. So you can pick anywhere from who's number one here, Ryan Fox. To uh-huh. JJ Spawn. I like it. So my first pick comes from my gimme pick from the beer money picks last week. Even though he is a dog shit putter, <laughs> he he just gets it done. And he's he's always kind of teetering around, making a push, at least being top 20, at least being in the mix, and that is Corey Connors. I like it. You're you- you're right. He he legitimately cannot pop for shit. But that but at no. the same time though he's uh he still just, scores. He, he does still score and he scores scores it really well. Um, all right, two picks here. This is where things get really interesting. Uh, I'm going to go with. Oh God. All right, I'm gonna make these short and sweet. I'm going to take uh, this year's PGA Tour Rookie of the Year, Taylor Montgomery. And I'm going to load it up with the guy who should have won last year, Sahith Tagala. I like it. Dang. That's it. That, that is a money, money play. Oh, going my goodness. Uh, that's so I got fire. two now? I got two? Yeah, so you get two following. You took Corey Connors. Yeah, so you get two picks here. Mm, this is your key play. This does really start to get tough. Um, like I love I mean, Seamus Power, I love Tom Hoagie. Kiz is the man, but I think Kiz is about to fall off his horse. Um, really? Like I just don't think he's got. I don't think he's got much good golf left in him. I think he can whole score at these like resort style Wyndham Championship. Just let's let's put up some crazy score type of courses, but I just don't see him winning a major. I don't see him really competing on these tough courses. Um, and I love Kiz. I love Kisner. If Kevin Kisner ever sees this, I'm so sorry that I said that because I love you and I think you are the man, but I'm just not picking you for my team. My pick, this might surprise you. Guy making a push in right here because Mito leaves. 
the untucked shirt king, JJ Spawn. I played out of his mind, played out of his mind last week. I could be a little like in that daze of just how he played, but I think he's going to be awesome. I love that he doesn't tuck his shirt in. I think it's actually <laughs> sick that he's just walking around with an untucked shirt. Um, so that's my first one. And my second one is going to have to be it's Kevin Kisner. I'm going against what I said. I want Kevin Kisner. All right. So I have a question. Um, are we allowed an IR spot? An IR spot? Who's hurt? Daniel Berger. How long is he out for? I have no idea, and there's no news reports about it. But I really want to take him on the off chance that he comes back and just dominates. <laughs> he ever plays? Daniel Berger for for about a six month span post COVID was like the was like like the eighth best golfer on the planet. He's a he's like, a President's like, Cup golfer. Yeah, like he was nuts, and. Yeah, like he, he, he missed the cut at the U.S. Open because of back injury, and ever since the U.S. Open, he just didn't play. His esti- his estimated return is allegedly next week, according to RotoWire, but I don't know oh, how shoot. legitimate that, that is because the last report on him was back in August that said that he was out of the field for the FedEx St. Jude. So I have no idea what this means. Um, to give you an idea, it's a risky pick. Tw- it's a risky pick. Yeah. His 22-23 fantasy outlook said that we won't see Berger until 23, but we wouldn't be surprised to see him make his way back into the top 10 in the world if healthy. Yeah, that's a, a value pick. That is a value a, pick, but it's real risky. It's real risky because, like, I could easily go, like, Matt McNeely, who's, like, a top 20 king. I can go Russell Henley and Aaron Wise, too, who have both, both been awesome. Um, Shit. To risk not having him, stop. To risk not having Berger for for a extended amount of time, I don't know if it's worth it. Daniel Berger, I think it's a injury, huge risk. Re, injury return. Hold on, wait. I I need the news updates. Give me some sort of a news, please. Oh my god, they they give me nothing. Golf Shake tweet uh, said that they have Berger as one of the top five players that'll win an event. In 2023, if he I, ever plays, I have no idea. All right, I simply can't go burgers on the sole fact that um, the health concern is there. So I'm going to go with I'm going to take Shams Power. I like He's, it. That's a good pick. He, it, it, it's kind of sort of a wild card because he has runs where he's like a top 20 player. Um, consistently, top 20 every week. And then he just kind of like, like falls off the earth for, for a little bit and comes back. Um, but I'd much rather have him in, in my lineup every week than like a Russell Henley, who for some reason, whenever I bet, bet, bet on him, he always, he always uh, seems to let me down. All right, tier four. First pick. Uh, I get one pick here, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with probably my favorite pick out of any player on this entire list. Robbie McIntyre. Love, love this it. kid. Absolutely love, love him. And I think he's going to be he, – he's like the guy who, who every single year I take him to win the Open. And I'm just waiting <laughs> for it to happen because it's going to happen at some it. point um, just because he's Scottish. And how can you, how can you not love a, a Scotsman? Um, so Robbie McIntyre is my guy. Yeah, I think I think this tier is actually super interesting because – 
like they're just not that far away from winning a tournament. They they exactly. all every time they go out and tee it up, they have a chance to win the tournament. And and for that reason, I am going with one Cam Davis. I think the guy smashes the ball. I think he has an opportunity to really explode. And I just think he's such a value in this in this tier four slot. And to round out my tier four slots, I'm going with Joel Damon. I think I think he also has a big jump he can make. And I think that's what you're looking for in these tier four guys. Who who can compete every single week, who can make a big jump, who can potentially turn into a tier three, tier two guy, maybe even make a push late in the year to make a push into the top 10. And I think Joel Damon and Cam Davis are those two guys. Very fitting that you have Joel Damon with uh, with Max Homa. Now your final pick basically has to be Harry Higgs. Uh, <laughs> at this point. My final two picks, um, this is really tough. So there's three names that, that immediately jump out at me. And it's Thomas Dietrich, Denny McCarthy, and Keith Mitchell. Uh, Keith Mitchell hits hits the ball a country mile, um, but there's something wrong with the visor that, he, that like he just he kind of melts down all the time. Um, I like him. Don't know if I would take him. Denny McCarthy can't do anything but putt. Like if Corey Connors and Denny McCarthy switched bodies but kept the driver and the putter, like Corey Connors would be a top ten player of all time. Um, McCarthy just just putts. That's all he does, and he's a great player. If he was playing every single week at TPC Deer Run, where you can net 30 birdies uh, in a round, but I can't really go there. I'm going to take Thomas Dietrich. Um, mm. It's an odd pick because he plays largely European tour events, but when he does come over to America, he plays really well. Uh, someone who I thought would be a rookie of the year candidate this year uh, is incredibly mm. talented. I like him a lot. And I'm going to round out... So this is 76 and beyond, correct? Uh, yes, right? Yeah. Yes. So my final pick, 76 and beyond. Um, I, I, I didn't even actually write down anybody here, so I have to like dig now into the World Cup rankings to actually get my pick. Um, so let's look and see who is all the way down here on the board that I can try and steal from you. That is an absolute winner. Uh. That's one name that I like a lot. That's two names that I like a lot. Ooh. Ricky Fowler is interesting. Oh, Jason that is Day a very is it? interesting pick. That's, I, I, I might have just given him up to you, honestly. Does Jason Day um, play golf anymore? Uh, he's playing this week. <laughs> how, <laughs> how he plays is a different story. I mean, I have no idea. Um, there are so many guys so low on this list that you like, like I can dig down to like the one seventies and, and I could pick up like Russell Knox, right? Like it's ridiculous. Who's down here. Um, <laughs> Rory Sabatini. What a joke. What an absolute joke. Um, okay. Final pick going to go out, out, out on a limb here. I think what's nice about these this last pick is that it's a guy who you have to who basically is going to play every single week on tour because he isn't able to rack up enough mm -hmm. points to warrant him um, getting any better. I'm going to take someone who's right there at the line, Trey Mullinax. Mm. 
Former former um, Corn Fairy Tour Player of the Year, might I add. And playing just playing in events helps. That's the thing. Like, I mean, you're going to score some birdies eventually. Exactly. So you're getting more points than zero than the even like a guy like in our first tier, like a guy like Cantley, he's not playing every week. Yeah. But he's going to rack up birdies when he plays. I love that. That's such a good pick. To round it out, Last my my seventy six and beyond pick. I got a ride for my guy, Andrew Novak, is my final. There you pick. go. That can't. I mean, there's probably like there's probably some better value out there. Like I, I could have gone Ricky. Like I think he has a great comeback here. I could have gone some other guys, but I got a ride for my guy. Have him on the team. Be able to tell him that when he comes on the podcast. That'd be nice. I think that'd be a good um, friendship builder, vibe builder. But that's my guy. And then, do I pick my wild card now? Um, let's hold off on that to the end of the show. Sounds good. And we'll do that in a hot sec. So those are the teams. We'll post those onto social media for you guys to, to check out. And with that being said, we now jump right in to my favorite part of the day: our betting time. Prop bets brought to you by brought to you by our friends over to Pickup. Go play the headlines at Play Pickup. Sign up with your phone number and get betting today. Uh, I have two props, but I'll have you kind of start the, uh, the ball here. Um, because I have two props, one of which is like a three prong, like parlay almost, which is like <laughs> ridiculous. But uh, I so I have, like I it. have, I have three prop bets I can bring to the table today. I'll give you my first one. And that is a matchup between Tony Finau and Cam Davis and, Surprisingly enough, they have super similar odds to both win this week. Um, I think Finau is coming off such a good performance of the century that he just comes out and lights it up. And I, and I, as you said earlier, I love Tony Finau as well. I think he is the man. I think he has another couple of wins in him this year. And I think this week could be one, but he's definitely at least beating Cam Davis. I got Tony Finau over Cam Davis. I highly disagree with that prop bet, and you'll find out find out wow. So I've got uh, a matchup play, uh, two Canadians. Uh, you can get this at basically plus a hundred anywhere on the on the uh, sports books, but we're also going to throw it here here on pickup. Uh, Taylor Pendrith over Adam Hadwin in a two ball for, for the uh, for the first for the first round this week. Taylor Pendrith is actually like probably like the unsung hero of the Corn Ferry Tour of the last two years. Uh, and does not get nearly enough respect as a outside outside of the top 100 golfers in the world. Adam Hadwin's good, but, but Pendrith kind of has more of that rhythm, and he has more overall ability. Um, for the for the baseball players in the world, he's the four-tool athlete when Adam Hadwin's a three. So it kind of just makes sense uh, to go with someone who's a little bit hotter from, from long range, a better approach player, and a better putter. So I'll take Taylor Pendrith uh, at plus 100 over Adam Hadwin. Should I give my my mega parlay here, or should I? I'll, I'm going to have you give, give your other two picks first. Okay, so my other two picks come back to our guy Andrew Novak under 69 and a half in the first round. So I think I don't really know which way I should go on this. I'm going to go under. I think he comes out hot again. I think he's playing great golf. That could be a homer pick for me, but I think that's a pretty good line to set. 69 and a half. This is a super scorable course. Guy hits the ball hard, hits it far. He's going to score on these par fives. I think that I think that three under here is is pretty gettable. And even if he doesn't have a great round, I think a good round gets him under that number. And then to round it out, 
I have first round leader prop bet, and that pick is Scotty Scheffler. And I'm seeing it at 12 to 1. I don't think we talk about Scotty enough on this podcast. I think he deserves to be talked about more. And historically, he either comes out super hot or he comes out super not. And I think he comes out super hot this week and is your round one leader at 12 to 1 odds. So this is the beauty of betting when there's a three-course setup here. Uh, on most sports books, you can bet the first round leader at each golf course. Really? And you can also oh. parlay them. I didn't know that. So I'm going to give you a three-leg mega parlay plus 37,000. You bet one dollar, you're gonna you're gonna basically make enough money to pay off my college debt. All right, the stadium course, Cameron Davis, first round leader, plus eighteen hundred to so eighteen to one. You can get Cameron Davis, Jason wow. Day, at the tournament course, is. at the tournament course, plus twenty eight hundred, and Scotty Scheffler at La Quinta, plus eleven hundred. Fun fact, Cameron Davis is the one golfer in this field who makes birdies in bunches and does it here. No one yeah. else puts better on this golf course than Cameron Davis, and it's shown in years past. Jason Day, despite having, I think, only a second round or a third round 75 to basically lose the American Express last year, his first round at the tournament course, how they 62. Jason Day, watch out for him. And, of course, Scotty Scheffler is is a impeccable putter. And honestly, like you don't need to hit it long to win here. Um, but if you can, if you can hit, hit it along, it's simply another just additional point. So I'm taking Davis day and Scheffler to be your first round leader in all three courses. Plus 37,370 to one. I'm going to throw a dollar on that. I'm definitely doing that. I'm doing it. I got it for the boys. It, it's like, it's probably the most ridiculous bet I'll ever make, but if it hits, I'll be a God. Yeah, unreal. That, that was like that was like how yesterday my friends all clowned me because I took overs on every Dallas Cowboy and they all hit. Oh I my won, gosh! I want I want two hundred dollars on a seven leg parlay for the Cowboys. Dak over passing yards, CD and Gallup over receiving yards, Zeke and uh, and Pollard over rushing yards, and I think I might have took Dak um, under rushing yards, which all those hit. So, nutty Bro, I had a. Just something I need to throw in right here. I had a yeah. prize picks yesterday, six leg prize pick, went five for six. The only one I missed, Bam Adebayo, over 20 and a half points. He scored 20 points, lost me a hundred and twenty dollars in a mix. Jake, it was I, it was ten to hundred and twenty five was the difference. Jake, I have a story for you, but I'll I'll give you the story uh, on the other side here. Don't go anywhere, folks. Beer money coming right up here on the Get the Whole Podcast. Just a reminder, everybody, the most effective and direct way to support the Get in the Hole podcast and Underground Sports Philadelphia is by getting your merch. That's right. Get your merch. PHI Apparel Company is our official merch provider, and they are providing our listeners with the most unique and unbelievable designs for the great fans of the sport of golf and for our Philadelphia brethren, the great fans of Philly as well. Again, the whole podcast merch is officially on their website, so you can go to the Underground Sports Philadelphia tab where all of our podcast merch is available, and that is the most effective and direct way to support 
everything we're doing here at Underground Sports Philadelphia and with the Get in the Hole podcast. So go to phiapparel.co, and when you go to check out, use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off. That's how they know we sent you guys there, how they know you're coming from the Get in the Hole podcast from Underground Sports Philadelphia. Get your merch, phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND, and you get 10% off any merch order from our friends at PHI Apparel Company. Now, let's get back into the Get in the Hole podcast. So it was this past June, June, sorry. Uh, I, I got tickets from work to go to the to the Belmont Stakes, right? And uh, I'm a, of course, I'm a gambling man. And so I go to the Belmont Stakes and I roll to the window after watching about probably 70 hours worth of podcasts and reading stories and stuff, uh, reading guys like Mark Malusis and um, Beth Spurch, the racing guys, like all these different things. Uh, and then one of my favorite podcasts, You Better You Bet, friend of mine, Nick Costos. Um, watch that. They had their bets. I bet a superfecta, which for those of you who don't who don't bet horses, is you bet the first you bet the five horses in the race to finish first through fifth. The you have better odds to probably probably win the lottery than win this. Um, and of course, the Beaumont Stakes, one of the three legs of the, of the Triple Crown. Everyone's throwing money on it, but twenty bucks. The pot. Now, the key is, is they have to be sequentially correct. So you can't just pick five horses to finish one through five. You pick the correct horse first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. I got the first four horses right. My horse, Mo Donegal, I'll never forget it. I was screaming. I was crying. The unofficial time had my horse win in the fifth spot. The official time lost the horse by a length. The pot was $20 to win $48,000. And I lost it. I don't feel so bad I sat there for 10 minutes after the race, crying, thinking I had won. And then the official result came out, and I just stood there and let out the loudest fuck. You could have heard it from literally across the Long Island Sound in Connecticut. That's that is yeah I I'm I appreciate you telling me that because it makes me feel better and shows how small my problems were. So I will say <laughs> from the betting world, Steve, I am sorry. I am sorry for that moment because that is horrible. I also realized in that moment that I just I, I just lack complete morality because I'm just like I'm like my life is turning to shambles before my eyes, <laughs> and, it, and it's over twenty dollars. Like 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 it's one thing that like. It's like the one guy who live bet the Chargers at like $1.5 million. Yeah. Like, that's like, I bet 20 bucks. I lost Dang. out on two beers for the day. Yeah. Granted, it would have paid for like half my student loans, but like, whatever. I mean, like, some it happens. Units, and, yeah. Like, some people's units are crazy. Yeah. Like, like, my, crazy. like $20 for me is two units. Yeah. Like, I, like, I, like $10 is usually the, mo- the most I'll ever play, and it usually works out well. And like I usually hit, like I'm pretty good. I think, um, I think it, it it was just it was bad. Beer money time. Let's do Brought it. to you by our good friends, the good people over at Kenwood Beer, Philadelphia's number one light lager. You can find Kenwood Beer on the Kenny Tracker at KenwoodBeer.com, and of course at the Wells Fargo Center. You might even be able to get it at the tailgate this this upcoming week when the, when the New York Football Giants march to Lincoln Financial Field and are gonna beat up the Philadelphia Eagles. Watch out for that one on Saturday. I'll be watching it. Jake, lead it off here. Top 20 pick. 
you did pretty well in your first ever in your debut, but now let's build on it. You and I are both very confident in our picks. Who do you have top 20 at the Amex? I saw it on Twitter. I saw him swinging much, much better. He looked much more free. His swing looked good. The Ricky train is back. Ricky Fowler, top 20. I had a lot of picks here, um, and, I, and I, I'm still debating on like on flipping things and, and turning them over. Um, traditionally, players who play well last week at the Sony play well here. Mm-hmm. Just kind of the recipe. Siwoo Kim obviously won here before, and of course won one at the Sony. I believe in the last decade there have been five winners to win the Amex and to win at the Sony. Not necessarily in, in congruent years, but um, at mm-hmm. some point in at some point in their careers. Uh, the course fit theme here is going to be like the thing, and in terms of um, his showing from last week, uh, at this event he's finished never worse than T twenty one in his three times here. He has really good form. He's a good course fit, and he kind of fits the fun uh, long shot odds here. Also, another fun fact. People, players to win this event. I believe every person who's won the event that, that isn't named John Rahm had won the event at like 50 to 1 odds or or better. So look out for that. I want to think Putnam, a T4 at the Sony, is going to waltz in here and finish with with a fourth consecutive T21 plus 165. You can get him. You can possibly get, get him as high as like 200, but I'm, uh, I got into the market a little late at plus 165. Top 10 pick, Jake. What do you got? Gotta go with him. I gotta go with him. I know, I know usually the last week's tournament is pretty representative, but please, I just hope, I hope and pray this isn't me falling into his trap with those beautiful eyes. Tom Kim, top 10 at plus 280. I think that's super value. I think he bounces back and we got to ride with our guy. That was, that was very sensual of you to bring up his, uh, <laughs> his, his beautiful eyes. They are. They are beautiful. I love that guy. For a top 10, just so you all know, you can get Tom Kim at, at around plus 250. My top 10 play, I'm going to dig, dig a little bit. Again, this, this betting card is going to be super deep for me this week. Uh, PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. I'm doubling down on my fifth-round draft pick. Taylor Montgomery plus 410 for a top 10. Bomb squad right there. Taylor Montgomery in his debut at the golf course. T5, what do you got? Super, super value pick here. Plus 3,500 T5. Tom Hoagie, who finished here second 12 months ago and has also finished sixth two years before that. So I think he he loves this course. He plays well here. I'm getting it at plus 3,500 is what I get in on. Tom Hoagie, top five. 3,500. That's what I got in on. That's nutty. All right. Well, Jesus, Christmas. Um. My top five was Patrick Cantlay at plus 240, but now I feel like I got to revamp <laughs> here and, and throw something else out. Uh, no, Patrick Cantlay plus 240. Um, he's a wizard at, at this golf course. I'm pretty sure in his like four times he's played here, he's finished no worse than 10th. Um, and honestly, the form is just going to kind of work. He's, he hasn't played. He didn't play, he didn't play last week, but I don't really think it matters. Um, he's, he's really good on the California courses. He's exceptionally well at, at La Quinta, which is where they're going to play the first, the, his first round and his final round. So the bookends are going to really kind of make it here. I think Patrick Cantlay plus 240 
is an easy top five candidate. One for one on gimmies this year. Are you, can you go two for two? Two for two here. I think this is an easy, easy pick. He's had some inability to score from close, but I don't think that affects him here. Going top 10, and it's the only reason he's not my winner is because he, he wasn't really knocking things down from close, and that's Patrick Hanley at top 10, plus 140. Give me hammer all you got on it. Second mortgage, Patrick Hanley, top 10. Don't actually do that. I can't, I'm not giving you gambling advice, but Patrick Hanley, top 10. My joke is always that if I'm gonna bet, if I'm if I'm gonna give you a bet that let's gonna that will hit, uh, I'll bet the 401k on it. Uh, I very well <laughs> might do it this week. Plus 220, Sahith Gala, top 20. At some point between him and Tom Kim, I'm gonna have to ride this wave and just see who wins first. Um, but this golf course screams the gala. He's a, a a straight hitter. He hits it long, which is an added bonus here. He's a great approach player, and the putter's been on fire as of late. I think this is going to be a, a home run bet for Sahith Gala. I would pick him to win, but I want the safe money here. And honestly, if you can get if you can get him at a plus two hundred figure or better, like you can get better odds on him for a top twenty than you can Andrew Putnam. And I'm more confident in, in, in Thagala. So like, yeah. why at that point, like, what, like why wouldn't you do that? Um, so he's going to be my give me pick of the week. The, the winner. Winner, winner. winner. Chicken dinner. I got him. Will Zalatoris. And I got him at plus 2,000 is what I locked it in at. Will Zalatoris to win plus 2,000. I thought he looked great at the century. His only holdup is going to be that back of his because of the way he swings and that torque he has. But if the back holds up, Will will hold up, and he will 100% be in contention on Sunday. That's Will Zalatoris at plus 2,000 as my winner. So this is where things get fun, all right? Uh, as Jason Sobel put it, this is going to be a direct quote from him. This week is a convergence of push and pull, the proverbial immovable object meeting an unstoppable force or something like that. All right, so maybe it's a little too dramatic, but Palm Springs has, has notoriously been the land of the long shot. Five of the last six winners at 50 to one or longer odds and three in the past decade coming from way off the radar. And yet this is arguably the best MX field we've ever seen, at least in the past quarter century with nine of the world's top 20 and enough elite players to hinder any fever dreams about hitting another lottery ticket. Here's the thing now. There's one guy on this golf course that is the best birdie or better opportunity player in the field. And he's really good with the flat stick. You have Hoagie at plus 3,400 for a top 10. I have Cameron Davis at plus 5,000 to win this week. Dang. It's a monster, a monster pick. But honestly, between the three guys who I had taken, he actually has the best odds. Um, well, not not the best odds in terms of the lowest mm-hmm. odds. My three picks to win this week, ridiculous board, is Davis at 5,000, Thagala at 5,500, and Luke List at 200 to 1. <laughs> Luke List? Luke List. He can't puff for shit, but for some reason he's going to play well this week. I don't know. He he finished top 10 almost a bunch of fucking champions at, at the century. It's bound to happen. It's bound to happen. happen. He, he beat Will Salatoris. Which, which <laughs> no. by the way, that event was the worst putting contest I've ever watched in my entire life. Um, that was horrible. Yeah, no, I think like, I think Cameron Davis is just an absolute like smoke show of a pick this week. And I don't think it's like really that, like that, like that close. I mean, Siwoo Kim could very well uh, go back to back. I think he very well can. Mm-hmm. 
but there's something about Cameron Davis, short player, precision irons, proximity to the hole is like a, is impeccable. He's number two in the field over the last 24 rounds uh, for, for proximity. We're then 150 to 175, which is a measurement that I mentioned earlier uh, from Matt Vincenzi. So I think Cam, Cam Davis is going to be, be my guy uh, to win this week, and I think he is the, the player to beat. Before we go, two things. One, our wild cards for week number one of our quest for the FedEx Cup. Who are you going to take as your first wild card? My first wild card. I want to come out hot. I'm going to take a tier one guy. It's my winner. Will Zell Torres is my wild card. Wow, you're going to burn him so early. Wow. I think That's he's crazy. winning. If he, if he can win, it's a good burn. If he can win, it's a good burn. I think he's winning. I've decided that that my wild cards are never going to truly win an event. However, however, if they can finish top 20, I am more than confident. I'm going to take the guy who I didn't put in my beer money picks, but I had him on the board as someone who I wanted, Jason Day, all the way down in the late 150s in the official World Cup rankings. Jason Day is going to have a fucking week at this place. The bookends are going to be, be, be what makes it. So, so Jason Day is going to be my guy. Final thoughts here. I want to get your take. Uh, January 19th. So obviously you and I are both PGA guys. We both play 2K mm-hmm. um, on our consoles. You, you on the Xbox One, me on the Series X. Hopefully we'll be able to stream at some point soon. Uh, EA's version of PGA Tour 2023, which includes the Masters, is dropping a gameplay trailer on the 19th. So in two days' time, those of you watching today, we're recording here on the 17th. What do you think of um, the the expectations behind it? Do you think it actually might give 2K a run for its money? Is, is it going to be too similar to what we saw with like Rory McIlroy's PGA Tour, which I thought was a really bad game? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope it gives us a run for its money. I'll definitely get it. I'll definitely play it. But I, I just have this feeling it's going to be like NBA Live and NBA 2K, where it's just not even comparable. Um, I hope it does, but I guess we have to wait and see this trailer, see how it goes. But what are your thoughts? I, I totally agree with you because when you look at like EA versus like 2K, right? So obviously 2K basketball is exponentially better than NBA Live. Like NBA Live has sucked since probably since like 2K10 came out, I would say, mm-hmm. or like 2K9. Um, EA never had a baseball game unless EA is a part of – uh, the group that makes the show. I don't think they are. I think they had, think they had um, like like college baseball back in the day for like PS2. Yeah, had MVP baseball, yeah. which was an incredible franchise, awesome soundtrack. But again, again, no games since since 05. Um, mm. 2K didn't have a good baseball game. That was always the show. FIFA is the dominant force, and I don't believe there there's a 2K version of that. But like when you look at the products that EA's put out in the past, I mean basketball that doesn't compare the baseball game was great but that was again 20 years ago they Uh fifa is probably the best game they have and i say like chell is really good and there's no 2k for chell but i think the ea ea knows where it's good and ea knows where it's bad and if it's anything like what we saw with teach with uh with um the golf tour or Uh um by pgc or we saw with with rory mcelroy's I do not think this is going to be anywhere as close as what it was. Um, of course, they had they had the Tiger Wood games for a while, but um, those are classics, and I don't think it, it's very challenging to recreate those. I, I think 2K is going to be the uh, dominating force, and they're only going to expand on it because this year's game, 23, is exponentially better 
um, then it's launch one in, tw in 2021. It's, it's, it's like, it's impeccably better. Uh, and once they start adding a story mode to it and everything, it's going to make it even better. So I think uh, 2K is going to be the dominating force in this, but it will be very cool if I wound up getting it to be able to actually play the Masters instead of having to play some con so, so some custom creator course. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I hope it is. I hope it's, I hope it's got it, but I just don't see it happening. So hopefully I'm pleasantly surprised. It, it would probably be the closest thing to me ever get ever setting foot at, at Augusta National and only for the cost, only for a, a fraction of the price, technically. Um, yeah, that's going to do it all here, folks, on the Get the Whole Podcast. Steve McAvoy, Jake Dipple. Once again, a great show. Awesome draft. Very excited for what's to come. A lot of stat keeping we're, we're going to be doing uh, this week. And the Amex should most certainly be a, uh, a event to remember. Strongest field in its tournament history, and I really do expect a great week. Cameron Davis to win. Let's hope to God. You got Will Zalatoris. Maybe, for all we know, it's Cameron Davis versus Will Zalatoris, and the putting contest is just – it's no question. It, Wouldn't that it, be something? It, if it goes to a putting contest at that, at that point and it's Davis versus Zalatoris, I, I would take the money and run at the, that point. So, sorry to, sorry to tell you, but <laughs> Willie Z is good, uh, but he ball strikes his way to wins. Cameron Davis puts his way to wins. And, and as they say – the old saying goes, drive for show, putt for dough. Thanks for listening to Get in the Hole, the official golf podcast of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Catch us every week wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and be sure to like and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Get in the Hole Pod, and follow Underground Sports Philadelphia at Underground PHI. We'll see you next time, and remember, Get in the Hole!